now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Sandy Grosvenor. Sandy had a near-death experience where she was in a realm with a lot of beings, and today we're going to learn about it. Sandy, thank you so much for joining us today, and welcome. Thank you. It's my pleasure. All right. If you don't mind, can we start on the day that your NDE happened and go from there? Yes. Um, it was a lovely day in the summer a couple of years ago, <clears throat> and I was selling a lawnmower uh, to a couple that had driven down to look at it. It was a Honda mower. I work on them sometimes. Anyway, um, he had driven up and jumped out and he started tinkering with the mower. And I went and showed his wife some of the things I make and paint. And we talked about a few things and I was feeling fine. Everything was just really cool. And kids were playing outside. Some kids across the street were playing. And, you know, I went back to the front yard. He was trying to pull the starter to, to start it and he couldn't start it. And usually a Honda will start right quick. Well, this one wouldn't anyway, but so I said, well, here, let me try. And when I do that, I lean into it and I'll push the mower with my body, but pull with the, the pull. And that gives it the momentum. Boom. And it'll, you know, it helps it to start if it's going to, and about the second pull. And I've done that countless times. The second pull, my foot caught in a crack in our cement, a big crack. And I, I didn't just fall. I whop. I hit the cement so hard because of the momentum that my head bounced on the concrete. And the neighbors stopped. The, the kids across the street said that they stopped and looked over to see what it was. They, she said, Miss Sandy, it sounded like a coconut hit the ground. And the very instant that happened, I was not there. My body was lying there. I, I couldn't. I couldn't see my body. I didn't really care about my body at that time. I was in an area where <clears throat> it looked like a big marshmallow. I, I mean, it wasn't puffy, but it was just white and soft. It wasn't lit light like think the bright light. There were no angels. There was no, nothing like that. But it was enveloping, just so comforting, and just it was balls. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. I, I just, it was so quiet. It hurt your ears almost. I don't know if you've ever had a real hearing test where you go in a padded room and they do these beeps, not like the school used to do, but it's very quiet. It's like that. It's piercingly quiet. And the smell, it was the senses, all your senses just woke up. And <clears throat> I put my, all of a sudden my husband appeared before me. Now that day he had go, he was at work. He wasn't even home. And I put my hand on his face. I cupped his face with one of my hands and I said, I love you, but I'm not coming home. And tell the girls I love them. And he looked at me and he said, no. And I put my other hand on his face and I, and I said, I'm not coming home. I love you. And boom, I'm back. I was so pissed off because I have Parkinson's and I wanted to stay up there. I didn't feel pain anymore. I didn't shake. It was great. But it was wonderful. 
and I knew I was in a really nice place. I didn't feel threatened. I didn't feel anything, but I do know this. There were these, <clears throat> there were, I call them spirits or souls because there were no male or female, um, black, white, no, not even really human form. <clears throat> and they were going about here and there. They weren't orbs or <clears throat> anything like that. The only way I can describe it is if you put somebody way far away from you, like half a block or just on the other side of the house, and you could see them and a light shining behind them, it makes almost like a, pier- a cross, you know, if they're standing there like that, because that's all I saw. It looked like somebody got a pencil drawing and just kind of went like this and down like that. And all these cross things are flying about. And I remember thinking, it felt like I was there a lot longer than I was. It really, I mean, it, I don't think there's any concept of time uh, there. There's no way because it felt like I was there longer. But I remember looking about at them because they're all going every which way. There's no right or left, up or down. It was just, wow. And I knew that they were good, that they were soul spirits or what have you. And they were on a mission. Everybody was going somewhere, you know, and like happy. Ha, you know, heard no sound, though, no voices, no anything, but no, you know, nothing like that. But it was, I wasn't threatened. I didn't feel scared or afraid. I just was pissed when I got back because I just wanted to stay there. But no angels, no pearly gates. But I am a believer, so still am. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us. At the moment of the impact, when you hit your head, did you feel it? Or at that instant, you didn't feel anything and you were in the next realm. I didn't feel anything. Now, a couple of years before that, I had fallen. <clears throat> I'm, I'm kind of clumsy, I guess. <laughs> I think that's because of the Parkinson's. It takes your balance and screws it up sometimes. And I was walking into work and I had some bags of sodas with me for uh, our office. And I fell and hit my head on a brick ledge. And or it's actually a brick planter. And that hurt like hell. I mean, it, my brain, I remember thinking it was like a bomb exploded. Lights, I mean, literally did that. And when they took me to the emergency, the ambulance came and got me, took me to the emergency room. Um, I had a concussion. They had to watch. Nothing was cracked, but it was when bleeding. It was out. It was doing like it was supposed to. It was bleeding out. Like the hematoma was pretty big, but not out my ears or anything like that. But I hurt myself then. But this one, I didn't feel a thing, nothing. And I should have. In fact, the ambulance came again, different company, and took me to the hospital and x-rayed my head. Nothing. I mean, there's something. Well, let me rephrase that. There was no injury. There was a small hematoma. That was it. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, and the doctor said, well, it's official. You are hard-headed. Mm-hmm. And as hard as I hit, in fact, you know, everybody was like, oh, my gosh, you should have heard that. It just sounded like a hollow coconut. Boom. That's kind of sad, a hollow coconut, right? It's like, what's up there? (laughs) They got little beans. (laughs) For the people that were there, did they ever tell you how long you were out for? I think if I recall, it was just. No, I think they were too afraid to talk. I I think we've talked about it, but it wasn't long. 
at all because I woke up so angry that I did, I was pushing, stop, leave me alone. You know, I don't want to, and all this. And um, I was angry and nobody really wanted to talk to me. <laughs> I don't get angry very often like that. Maybe they just said, okay, we'll call you later about the lawnmower. Bye. Yeah, she's a fruitcake. <laughs> but, but, and, oh, and also let me add this. I actually put my hand on Benito, the man who was buying it, his face and told him. His wife did confirm that. All right. Say that again, please. When I was lying there, mm-hmm. she said I was, I don't remember. We even asked if my eyes were open, but I had my hand on Benito's face because he was over me. We were together working on the lawnmower. She was standing back with her arms folded watching us mess with this lawnmower. And when I fell, he jumped down to make sure I was okay because, man, I, I hit, you know. He thought it killed me for a minute, he said. I do remember that. But he was leaning over me, and I guess in my whatever I was, I, I, must, I put my hand on his face. So and when his you, wife, his wife confirmed that. So when you thought you were putting your hand on your husband's oh my, face, it was it him. Was his face. Interesting. Huh? I wonder if you had your eyes closed at that time. I don't know. I would love to ask her. I'll see if I can find and get in touch with her and ask her. That's pretty strange. I don't. I, I don't know. I I don't feel like they were open. I don't know. I, I just couldn't tell you. I just remember, I remember opening them going, seeing I wasn't where I was supposed to be, but that could have been just clarity coming back or me coming back, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't know. But you felt like you were over there quite a long time. Yeah. I mean, not hours, but it felt like more than, it could have been more than two minutes if that. I mean, really, I wouldn't think, as long as it took me to say, Tell my girls I'm not coming home and I love you twice, you know, something like that. But I'm trying to think, you know, well, the ambulance was driving up. In fact, behind, we live in the country. And so we have this half of the neighborhood over here and then the other half is over here. And the fire chief of the fire department lives over there, the fire chief. And he drove his truck with some medical equipment over to the house and they were just pulling in. So whoever called it by the time it was, I woke up when that happened when he was pulling in, they were pulling in. So that was what three, three, five minutes maybe when they got the call. Yeah. I would assume it would take at least five minutes. Yeah. Hmm. But I don't know. I I never thought about it till today about that. Do you feel like you've changed since that experience? Yeah, I do. I think it took some out of me. In what ways? Um, I think it just took some time away. You know? I don't know oh. how to describe <laughs> I don't either. I, I don't know. I just feel like I don't have time for Oh. That makes sense. You know, I just don't want to, I don't want to, I want, I don't want any fat. I want all the meat as far as a story or a, a conversation. I don't like chit chatty phone calls and which I never have anyway. You know, if I call somebody, I'm going to call them and talk and get off the phone. I, and I love my friends, 
but they're kind of like, Hey, what happened? You know, but, um, I'm it's more, I am, I've always been rather scatterbrained. And I think that's the artsy side of a person because we tend to see things. Oh, I could do that. Or I could do that. Not stick to you know one thing. I'm worse. I'm worse now. And, uh, I don't know. It just makes me, I see things a little more clearly. I can see clearly. (laughs) Just makes me see things more. uh, I don't know. I just don't, I just see past things. It's like, you know, whatever, you know, or, oh yeah. But, but I, and I have, and I've always liked to help people. And I made the statement a couple of days ago, as a matter of fact, that, you know, I've always made and done for others and which I love to do. And I, and I would rather, I'd love to do it anonymously and just be a fly on the wall, watch people's reactions. I love that. But I, it's like, I can't do that enough now, you know? So, but, and every now and then there's some nuances that have changed and um, I don't sleep very good at all. Hmm. And I don't, I don't attribute, I don't know how I, I can attribute that to the Parkinson's or, or what, but, I don't sleep good at all. And it has, I think my Parkinson's manifests more more frequently um, because of that. How long ago was this? Man, I was, and see, I have no memory of some, I mean, I have them, but I got to really think and dig. It was in the, it was in July or August of, I think either 17 or 19. I'll have to look back. And see, but and I've kept it, you know. And I tell people about it, and I get this look like, okay, so what do you want to do tomorrow? You know, and, and nobody really wants to talk about it, and it's like that. So it's like something bad. It's not bad. I didn't do anything wrong, you know, and, and nobody else did either. So it's nothing bad. It's just something I'm not. Something that happened to me. I think everybody's had something different, strange or odd happen to them. That's not necessarily bad, but, and if you don't have someone that can relate to it in some fashion, they don't want to hear about it. Cause you're just that crazy lady with the cats that has weird stuff happen to her, you know? So I don't tell a lot of people we're a very small town mm-hmm. and even my doctor, um, my neurologist in, in Houston, she's awesome. I mean, she's just wonderful, but she's very scientific. That's their, that's their makeup. You know, that's how they, her, she's Russian. And, um, I told her about it and she was like, Oh, hmm. and just kept on past that one right up, man. Mm. You know, but I can, when I touch base with someone, I just touch on it a bit every now and then just to see the reaction and see if they bite. And then, and then I'll continue it. I don't pursue the conversation as Mm. far as that topic. Do you feel like you're looking for people to talk to about like a community of NDE experiencers? I did. Um, I don't so much anymore. I used to, I used to compare it to, um, which I don't know. You, you, you can't compare it to this with yourself, but as a woman, when you have children, you want to tell everybody about your childbirth experience because you want to hear about theirs. And well, let me tell you about mine, you know, and you go on and on and on and everybody's like, cool. Yeah. And, uh, it was kind of like that. I wanted to tell people about it, but everybody, nobody wanted to hear it. You know, they looked at me like, oh, Sandy took a little too much medicine today. <laughs> you know, no, I didn't. But I don't do it 
much anymore. Every now and then, I just think mine is kind of calm and quiet compared to some of these others I listen and read about. And uh, I almost sit in the back going, well, mine mine was real quiet, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. Hmm. But Well, we welcome you here to talk a lot about it. (laughs) Although if I look at Sophie, it looks like she doesn't want to hear about it. Sophie's careless. <laughs> yeah, she stick her she stuck her nose behind the pillow. Yeah, I'm Sophie. just kidding. Say hello. She's just yes, Do you think that you felt more joy and happiness over there or Love, acceptance? All of the above. I didn't, I didn't, there was no acceptance because there was nothing to be accepted for there. But I felt home. Uh, all of the good things that you feel when you're stable and comfortable in your environment and in yourself, you found your niche. Um, it was a good thing. It was, it was a really good thing. I think, and the cool thing was my husband was there, yeah. But for a minute, but I don't know if that's foretelling or what. But I really, I really, I really want to go back. You know, I mean, I'm not wanting to go like Mm -hmm. go right now, right? If I'm not going to make myself go there, good. But I, when the time comes, and you know, and 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 my, and I go home. That's where I'm going. So you're saying that you don't fear death anymore. Mm-mm. I never really did. I don't feel the actual uh, death part. What I fear is not telling my kids things or not, you know, not that I want to leave a legacy. I just want, you know, there's so many things I'm not going to be there for. And of course, if we had grandbabies, we've done all that. They bought houses. And, but there's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm working on some letters so that when the time comes, and it's probably going to be sooner than later anyway with what's going on with me. But when the time comes, I want to have those letters for the girls. And I, we'll visit and talk about things beforehand. But this way they have a tangible thing that they can touch and feel that's from mom, you know. But they're pretty unscathed. They're pretty good girls. But I, and I, you know, I fear leaving my mom. You know, I don't want to go before my mom because I don't want to. I'm taking care of my mom. That's the stuff I fear, not the actual going home. Mm-hmm. And there's a song by the Wailing Jennies. Mm-hmm. I think I told you about it yeah. in one of our visits. And it's it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And it was written by Dolly Parton, but it's not sung like Dolly Parton would sing it. And it's called uh, uh, I, Clear Blue Day Coming. Or <laughs> See, there goes the brain. Mm-hmm. But it's it's acapella. It's the most beautiful thing you've ever just. You got to find it. I got to check it out. Good song. I got to check it out once we're finished. So you did feel like the symptoms of your Parkinson's were no longer there when you were in that realm. Yes, correct. What are the symptoms that you didn't feel? There is an ad that you'll see every now and then that'll roll through a Facebook. Of course, it depends on what you're like out which you've clicked on from time to time. These mine, I get a lot of Parkinson's things. Imagine that. And, uh, and there's an iceberg 
and you see the tip of the iceberg. Well, underneath this is huge iceberg. And that's like Parkinson's. Like uh, you made the statement earlier about it. You said, well, you know, you know, you never know it. But what you don't see is what's going on in here. Because in here, it's just, and there's always a tight. You know how when you're nervous, but you're not shaky nervous, there's always a tightness there. Like wait for that other boot to drop. That's constant for me. And um, I've written some Christian plays for church, some pageants and Christmas things. I've written four plays and I started a couple of them. I start. I don't mean like that. It's silly. But I would act in a few of them before then. And then I went behind the scenes to do the directing, which was more fun to me. But I never, you, you know, that never let them see a sweat. I never really got nervous taking a mic or being on stage. But one of the times I recall I couldn't do it anymore is because I had, I gave my testimony at church and I was holding that microphone in my hand and that's not me. And I, my voice was quivering and, and it was and nobody. Well, my, the people who went to church with us knew, but the other people, the church, the plays were mainly for the out, the unchurched folks to come see us come learn some things and I just couldn't do it anymore you know and the, but the Parkinson's when you get nervous it manifests it boom it comes out and I'll cry for no reason uh or cry I, I cry happy sad crimes you know it's just and my stepfather passed away with Parkinson's you don't die from it you die with it you may die from some symptoms or some things that happen because of having it your body reacts in certain ways but like choking or, you know, or something like that. But a friend of mine died in, um, three years ago, New Year's Eve um, from with Parkinson's. Hmm. She was my doctor buddy. Speaking to you and talking to you, I would never know that you have it. Well, and in the evenings is when it's worse. Um, and if I, if I don't take my medicine on time, my feet curl. The right when curves and you being a chiropractor are trained to my feet curve curl in. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was laying in bed going to sleep one night and I even wrote it as a funny little sorry about that on my my phone. I wrote it as a funny little blurb on Facebook that it felt like my leg flipped. I mean I even pulled the covers back to look at my leg. It felt just like it went boop. And of course it didn't. I'd been in traction for two years if it had done that. But that was that was a weird feeling. Mm. But but eating is sometimes um if you, if I eat rice noodles, well I don't know why I'm telling you all this, but it stops right here. Right. And it and it's like there's this, you know, between your air pipe and your throat when you swallow, there's a big there's not much difference there and I'll I'll chuck on that. So you have to be really slow. Mm. Small bites. From the cross behind you, I'm assuming you're Christian. And Very much so. if so, did this affect your faith at all? The experience? Not at all. It didn't, it didn't change my love for the Lord. It didn't change my, uh, Jesus Christ is my Savior. And um, I'm not religious. Um, I'm, I have a very wonder, I have a wonderful relationship with the Lord. And I just, no, it didn't change anything. You know, and I, 
if that's what heaven is, I'm going. I felt it had it has to be here. I was on my way, you know, and because um, I don't think he would put feelings of warmth and love if you weren't going home, you know. But I was going to say a while ago, and I I interrupted myself. I, I tend to chase rabbits, but not literally. But <laughs> anyway, while I was standing there looking at these souls, I watched. Well, I guess I was watching them go this way, going like, where are they going? I'm looking for doors and no doors. They're just all going somewhere. And um, it got darker behind me, billowy, darker, like a rolling storm clouds. But I wasn't going that direction, so I didn't. But, and I'm, I'm assuming, you know, I don't, I, I can't say what heaven is. I can't say what's real, what's not, because we don't know. I had someone tell me you weren't in heaven. I said, how the hell do you know where I was? Were you there? Yeah. I mean, we just, we don't know. All I know is I love the Lord. And, and if I, if that was a bad place, I can't, I just can't imagine that. Mm -hmm. That was just too nice. It's like sitting in the lap of the Lord. It was just great. Mm -hmm. Going home to my father. I think it's pretty common during experiences that when people start to remember family, somehow it reconnects them back with this realm and they end up coming back. So maybe when I talked to him, it popped me back because I was again, see there I go worried about my kids mm. and that, that that's well, what an epiphany I just had by me telling him that I, I was not afraid that that just tells me there. I just was worried about my family, you know, and not me. I wasn't worried about me at all. I was fine. Mm-hmm. I had not, I didn't have Parkinson's. I was, I was about to take off running. Mm-hmm. I, think <laughs> some, been- I think sometimes when people are actually communicating with a being over, over on the other side, mm-hmm. and it's common that they'll either remember their family and ha- ask, Oh, I want to go back, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, once they start remembering again, once they start remembering their family, then that kind of it reconnects. Sucks them. back in. Mm. Yeah, and I that and I asked my husband, "Did, did you feel any?" Because I was thinking, "Well, maybe." And he said, "No, mm. nothing." It, in fact, it kind of scared him because his sister had a was called a um, brain bleed, spontaneous brain bleed in the base of her. It was inoperable on New Year. Uh, on New Year's Eve of 99, Y2K. And she lay in a coma for 13 days. But when that happened, you know, she was like, she lives out here. She was life flighted from the Kitty Nash building, which is right down the way. And it scared my husband when it had this happened to me because he just, I mean, it was deja vu for him and Sydney. But he's, he's, he's not good with hospitals and things. No one really is, but. I don't know, but I'm good, man. Did you notice or do you notice that you have any new abilities that you didn't have before the experience? Mm -hmm. I have, I have more patience with my mother. You have more? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I, but I, you know, I, I think I get it. And, and I think I'm more 
I'm not nervous about things like that. Like, um, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm more nervous about other silly things, but I'm just, no, no great abilities. I can't read minds and I can't see through walls and I can't do anything like that. I just, I think we're all given special gifts and I'm just, I think my gift is just, I don't know what my gifts are. To me, a lot of gifts, but I don't know what they are. I don't know what other people would see them as gifts mm-hmm. or talent, like doing things. But when I was when I got Parkinson's, I've always been kind of artsy fartsy anyway. But I couldn't paint enough. And I don't paint portraits. I'm talking about painting furniture and not just chalk painting, as everybody calls it. But I'm pretty good at it. Not to not, and I don't like to toot my own horn. I don't do that. But I couldn't do it enough. It was like a drug. That's afterwards. And, yeah, I did it a little before. But after that, it was like, bam. And, and my husband even bought me a shop. Oh, cool. And, um, but now it's kind of went halfway. Because of, I think because, you know how when a mechanic fixes someone else's cars, but he has to think up three and then drive away that don't run? And like my, so I'm doing for me and my family now, you know, I'll do, I have some Porsche rockers I'm helping someone with and, uh, but I love to build and create. In fact, I got a new piece that I bought from a boutique that I'm going to make a dog bath out of for Sophie. So we're going to put the trough in there and it's a real nice big piece of furniture. We're going out in the back porch patio. So excited about that. Have you ever tried to paint your experience? No, I haven't. You mean like a picture, a portrait? Yeah, of what you I saw. I'm not good at Well, it would. And see, I'm not a, I'm not a literal. If you told me to paint a hand, oh, I can't do that. I, I, I think I have to do it in a, a representative kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have never thought about it. I've never really thought about painting my experience. I think it could be really amazing. Maybe that would kind of stimulate some memories or. I don't know. Give you some and you know, my, insight. My biological father is passed. He passed in 2002. No, it was longer than that. Anyway, and I don't really know anybody up there. I don't, except Sydney, Deke's sister, my husband's sister. But. Hmm. I don't know. I, I've never thought about painting experience. Have you considered getting hypnotized to see if you can remember more uh-uh. things from the experience? No, that scares me. I don't know why. It's either mm-hmm. make me stand up and sing or something. You know, yeah. one of those stupid things that people do. I know I've never really, I don't know. That kind of freaks me out. I don't know why. Hmm. I mean, I've had acupuncture and Eastern medicine, you know, that kind of stuff, which I've, I'm good. But if I'm not in control of something, that I just don't like that. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm not a hypnotherapist, but I've had some on the show. And, and you know, I think they basically, you know, have you visualize stuff to get you in a deep, relaxed state. I'm just well, guessing. The, and then they'll say, okay, let's, three, two, one, you just hit your head or something. And then you just start maybe remembering what happened again or something. Reenact. I'm wondering, what if there's something negative that I don't need to remember? 
that's possible, I guess. You know, I would hate to, and then they come back and I'm like, oh my God, it's all this, I don't want to go back. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> I'd almost be afraid to screw it up because I would, it's such a great positive thing. I'd hate for something to be drug up. Now, I would like to do that to find out some other things, maybe, but not about that. It's like, I don't, it's like I got in the little box, don't mess with my experience, you know. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. I mean, you make a lot of sense. You said you don't want to mess it up. You've had such a positive. It still still makes me sad every now and then, though, because I want to know where they were going. Hmm. You know, I want to know. I want to follow one. Not going back that way, but I want to know. (laughs) But I just, that kind of stuff. But I don't know. Well, that may be the risk you've got to take if you decide to get hypnotized. I guess. I don't I don't even know anybody around here that does that. Houston probably has folks. Mm. I could ask. Don't ask my neurologist because she's obviously not the one to talk to about it. So, uh, I, I have a few guests that do it, and I could have sworn I've had one that would even do it for free. And I think they all do it over even Zoom. Wow. Oh, uh, there was another thing. I have had horrific dreams since then. Hmm. night terrors and i had i was on some medication called white terry and um we tried it once before and it did that i tried it once again and started to back but but i i got off of that but there i still continue to have the dreams hmm. and i think it's it has i think it had it correlates with the head with hitting my head that you know <clears throat> but and you know nobody in my family has parkinson's yeah, I was I was curious about your Parkinson's. What inspires you about your near death experience? Inspires me to what? In general, is there anything inspiring about, about it? it? Yeah, I just it's inspiring to know that uh, that one day I am going home. You know that that is a place to go. There's, I mean, I've always believed in a higher power. I always believed in God. Always have, and. I was raised Baptist and um, we call ourselves frozen chosen at the time, <laughs> but being assembly of God and now just not labeling. <clears throat> I'm just a believer that it feels good. And I don't care what people say anymore. I used to, and you can't argue. You know, they say, don't talk about religion, sex or politics. Well, I don't because I know what I know, what I know, and what I feel. And it's inspiring to know that. It feels good to know that. It solidifies my my belief, Mm. my faith. Do you have anything that you want to promote while we're here? (laughs) A website or anything? I do have a Facebook page. It's called My Happy Place. (laughs) And um, (laughs) that's pretty original, right? Yeah. Oh, My Happy Place. Yeah. And, um, all right. So let's kind of go back officially. Your Facebook page about women's issues is called Women's Issues, My Happy Place. Yes. And can I give you just a short synopsis, right quick, of it? Sure. As females, we sometimes get lost in the day to day business called life. We go from being daughter to girlfriend to wife to mother, and somewhere along the way, we lost or we lose ourselves. And if you look real close, real hard, you'll find yourself. Yep, there she is. That frightened little girl waiting for arms to encircle her, lifting 
that letting her know it's all right to come out and play and there's your happy place. Everyone needs a happy place. It's not always an actual physical place. Sometimes it's a state of mind. Whatever or wherever it is, we'll find yours, shall we? It's nice. It's just mainly about women. I mean, we have to grow up so fast. And and um, there's some pictures that I had taken and just different things. Just I, I want women to be comfortable in their own skin. You know, we don't have. I love Pink. She has a song that my mind goes. See, I'm, I'm, when I'm on the when I'm on the spot, the lips lock up. But I can. I love songs about women who make us that makes us feel we're okay who we are you know not not be mean bullies but we don't have to look like a certain i make baby dolls um for little girls or women i gave one to my mother they don't have faces and they're made from scraps of material they're not black or white or but that's that little girl in all of us and i'll look at that person and i'll see a little girl and that's what i make and um so and put it together and you know but that's your little girl you know put she doesn't have to have a face. That's her wanting to come out and play. Let her be a, be a kid. We had a weekend ministry for women once at church, and I did the one about women wanting to be little girls and play, and I made them all. We played silly little games and made them do tongue twisters, and when they left, they had a wand and a crown and a pair of wings, and they had the best time until they had been in my class. But to see the joy on their face, to be able to be a kid, you know, I don't know. I can't run anymore. But how many times I'd love to just dart across the road with my grandkids and just play. I wish women would do that more often. Not run because it's healthy. Run because it's fun. You want to kick that ball or you want to trip and fall and not go, oh, my God, I broke my hip. You know, but play. Just play. If people want to reach out to you and just ask you questions, should they do it from your Facebook page or maybe a Um, personal Facebook page? profile yeah they can come i'm under i have facebook as well um uh, under me just come and private message me um it's just sandy grover okay now um i may not i'll answer as many as i can if i have like this influx of i'm not gonna have to hire somebody to do it i mean there's not that many but if some you know just tell them you know take take your time you know she may not do it right away but i because i'm not always on the facebook you know, I'm on it just a couple of times a day, but I'm on my phone. I try to keep my phone with me. And funny thing, <clears throat> I tell you what has happened since the, by NDE. I don't know if it's, is it NDE or yeah. out of body? I mean, is it kind of both or what is that? Uh, well, it's kind of both really, in my opinion. Yeah. Anyway, since that, I lose everything. Oh my God. I lose all, every day my phone or my glasses several times a day. I've lost my car keys and my wallet recently. I mean, come on. What is that? Mm. But could, could be stressed. Yeah, that's interesting. And you also mentioned you're a photographer. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I love to take pictures of mostly inanimate things or, or animals. I don't, I don't really like people because we, we pose. <sighs> you know, I don't want to see your teeth and I don't want you to pose. I want to I'll take a picture. I want it to be candid. I don't want it to look like it's posed and staged. Right. And uh, I've done that a couple of times. They're not really what I like to do. And you can tell it. Um, if you go onto my personal page and look at my photographs, I've got some in there that are just, and then also on my happy place, there's some, 
but I love to take, um, I just, it's sunsets. I have a, and I do videos. I do videos for funerals and uh, birthdays and stuff like that for people to show. I love doing that. And again, that because I can watch their faces when I see it, you know, but there's something that a picture can capture that the human eye can also see too especially now these new iPhones with the dimensions and I've got a 35 millimeter camera, but these iPhones, I mean, the pictures on them, I'm not doing a commercial for them right now, but man, the pictures are great. Yeah. They really are. And I've got a, some apps that I tweak some of them. Sometimes the pictures themselves are pretty cool. You know, sunsets are just, anyway, I had put together, I'm trying to do a video to a song by Hillsong called Ocean and it's going to be sunrises and sunsets. Because every one of them is different. Even if you don't move from your spot for two years, check the same, you know, the picture doesn't move. It's a different one every day. I had someone say, I've seen it. No, a win. Not today's. Colors are made. That's God's paintbrush. All right. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Be who you are. Stop searching. Just sit and listen to you. Just be quiet and listen. You know, the Lord will tell you. He guides you everywhere. But too, we're always too busy running and going and doing and until we fall exhausted into the bed. Probably didn't get much done because you're not letting God tell you what to do. Just relax and be who you are. Because it, no one's perfect. We're perfectly imperfect together. Well, thank you for that message. And Sandy, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your experience with us today. I really appreciate it, and I wish you the best. Thank you. And Sophie says bye, too. And bye, Sophie. She said to the table, what? <laughs> anyway, that was fun. Thank you. All right. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.